0: Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce.
1: And I'm Andy Murphy. By now you're used to hearing Sean's voice on the airwaves. He officially took over as the Native America Calling host last summer. But how much do you know about the person behind the voice? Today we're gonna take some time to find out more.
0: We're starting off the year talking about me. And you can be a part of the conversation as well. I can use all the help I can get.
1: And we're turning the tables and asking the host the questions. That's coming up right after the news.
2: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A bipartisan bill introduced in the U.S. Senate aims to hold the federal government accountable for the cleanup of abandoned mines on tribal lands and elsewhere throughout the country. As Arizona Public Radio's Ryan Heinches reports, an estimated 140,000 such sites nationally threaten public health and the environment.
3: The Legacy Mine Cleanup Act would dedicate $100 million to assist tribes with the remediation of abandoned uranium, copper, gold, and other hard rock sites. Many of the mines in Indian country haven't received Superfund dollars because they're not on the Environmental Protection Agency's national priority list. According to sponsors, including Arizona Democratic Senator Mark Kelly and Wyoming Republican Senator Cynthia Lummis, the bill would better coordinate cleanup efforts between the EPA, federal agencies, and state, local, and tribal governments and create an emphasis list of abandoned sites across the country. The legislation focuses on the cleanup of the more than 500 abandoned uranium mines on and near the Navajo Nation, which straddles 27,000 square miles in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. Officials and residents have long attributed increased cases of lung and bone cancer, impaired kidney function, and other debilitating health conditions to the sites. Between 1944 and 1986, almost 30 million tons of uranium ore were extracted from Navajo lands for Cold War nuclear weapons production. The cleanup is expected to take many years and billions more dollars to complete. For National Native News, I'm Ryan Heitchess in Flagstaff, Arizona.
2: Cherokee Nation Principal Chief Chuck Hoskin Jr. says he looks forward to working with a new Republican majority next month as Congress ended the year without seating a Cherokee Nation delegate in the House of Representatives. Hoskin has been calling on Congress to honor the treaty promise made by the U.S. government in the 1800s to see a non-voting Cherokee delegate. The tribe was hopeful that would get done this year. Hoskin says Progress was made in 2022. The Cherokee Nation launched a nationwide campaign in September calling on Congress to act, and the House Rules Committee held its first hearing on the Cherokee Nation delegate in November. Cherokee Nation citizen Kim Tihy, chosen by the tribe as its delegate, was also hopeful Congress would act before the end of the year. Last month, Tihy told National Native News the tribe's ultimate goal is to get her seated. Tihy says she would represent the Cherokee Nation, but also recognizes the importance of increasing the representation in Congress for all tribal nations. Cherokee Nation is the direct recipient of, you know, being my one constituent, the government, Cherokee Nation, right? But I'm mindful of the fact that Indian country has too few advocates uh, as it is. You know, we have four Native Americans now, one Native Hawaiian, one Alaska Native, and that's six total, right? And so, Uh, You know, given my background and my experiences, having served as a Hill staffer for so many years, I do think I bring that expertise uh, to the table. Her priorities for the Cherokee Nation include advocating for funding for services and improving infrastructure, increasing broadband and action on a language bill to help preserve native languages. House Rules Committee Chairman Jim McGovern and Ranking Member Tom Cole recently committed to continuing to work on the Cherokee delegate issue next year. The National Indian Health Board, the National Council on Urban Indian Health, and the National Congress of American Indians are celebrating the inclusion of advanced appropriations for the Indian Health Service. The provision was included in the 2023 government spending bill signed last week. According to the organizations prior to this, IHS was the only federal health care provider without basic certainty of funding from one year to the next. The IHS serves about 2.5 million American Indians and Alaska Natives. Healthcare advocates and tribal leaders have long raised concerns about Indian healthcare's chronic underfunding, problems with funding disruptions, and the appropriations process. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
0: National Native News is produced by Kowanek Broadcast Corporation, with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.
4: You've probably seen those car ads. Low price, low payments. But when you get to the dealer, there could be a catch. If a dealer isn't honest when it comes to its car ads, tell the Federal Trade Commission at reportfraud.ftc.gov. Support by the Federal Trade Commission. Program support by Penguin Random House, the publisher of Bad Cree by Jessica Johns, an upcoming horror novel about a young Cree woman whose dreams lead her on a perilous journey of self-discovery. More on this and other stories at prh.com slash storiesoftheland.
0: Native Voice 1, the Native American Radio Network.
1: This is Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy, senior producer for Native America Calling. For more than a year, you've heard one voice more than any others here on Native America Calling. Even while we're doing a nationwide search for a host back uh, more than a year, Sean Spruce was filling in for a lot of that time. We learned right away that he has a natural curiosity and an ability to bring out the best in our guests no matter what the topic is. Sean was hired to be the permanent host at the beginning of last summer, and we are a little bit late to the game, but we thought it might be a good idea to let our listeners know more about him. So, today we're turning the tables and devoting the show to asking the host the questions. We're getting to know Sean Spruce, and you're invited to join the conversation as well. Give us a call at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99NATIVE. All right, well, Sean Spruce, hi. Hi
0: hello andy this is really exciting
1: right so uh just just introduce yourself really quick um what tribe are you from where are you at right now
0: got it got it i am laguna pueblo from new mexico however i've lived most of my life in albuquerque and uh, i was actually raised though in the midwest i spent most of my childhood in southeastern michigan and I now, interestingly enough, I don't think a lot of people realize this, Andy, but I actually live in Asheville, North Carolina, which is Western North Carolina, right close to where Tennessee and Georgia and North Carolina all converge. And I live out here. My spouse is from uh, Eastern Cherokee here just outside of Asheville. So I've lived here now for almost 10 years.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, it's been interesting working um, with you in North Carolina and the rest of us are here in Albuquerque. Um, But yeah, we make it work. You sound like you're right in the studio here with me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Sean, uh, how do you like hosting Native America Calling? How's it been for you?
0: I really, really like this job a whole lot. I just uh, can't, get over how much I've just enjoyed hosting and how much I've learned working with you and the other crew members and just meeting so many interesting people with our guests. I've just had a really fun time doing this job so far, and it's a little bit outside of my wheel. Well, my background is really more as a community development Specialist, I do a lot of training and like teach workshops and classes. So there's a little bit of overlap with regard to facilitating discussions and and getting people to talk and moderating panels and things like that. But but hosting the show is definitely you know live radio presents some really unique challenges and just being able to to make the show work and things have got to be concise and they've got to hit right on time and you've just got to keep it moving. So I've learned a whole lot about just how to how to host and, and how to engage with an audience using just your voice, which is something that I've never done before as opposed to when you're training, you know, you're you're in a room and you people can see you and you can move around and you can interact like that. So this definitely presents some unique challenges, but I have learned so much and it's just such a, a really cool opportunity that I just am so grateful for.
1: Right. Timing. I, I, I bet, um, you know, with both of us on the air here, we can make that exact uh, second to
0: <laughs> <Do> the first <laughs> yeah, break <I> here. <laughs> For once, I don't have to worry about the clock. I don't right. have to worry about the scripts. I, just, I can just sit here and talk and hang out. It's cool.
1: Right. Um, so you've been on Native America Calling before as a guest um, because your background is like in finance. Um, it, it, explain a little bit about uh, that side of uh, your performance professional life.
0: Sure. I was first a guest on NEC about 10 years ago, it was back when Harlan, the the late Harlan LaCosta was still the host. And I I came on the show to talk about (laughs) my personal finance work, the training that I do. And I've been doing this consulting work since about 2007, early 2008, and it's been a really rewarding career. I, I get to travel to different parts of Native America, different communities. And it's all about teaching workshops and providing information, outreach related to financial empowerment. So that can be helping people uh, with basic financial skills like understanding credit, uh, using budgets, organization, record keeping. I also do investing workshops uh, for community members and then also like for tribal councils and investment committees just teaching them the basics of, of understanding investments, uh, institutional investing and then fraud awareness outreach is a big part of that too, because we're mm-hmm. seeing more and more native communities being targeted for scams. So it's, uh, been a really rewarding career. Like I said, 15 years, still going strong. I've never had a slow year. It's always been busy, busy, busy. And of course, during the pandemic, I had to switch over to doing everything remotely, but that was okay. And, and I had my resources and my tools, and my, my techniques were just, all I had to do was kind of just format those for an online audience. And now, of course, over the last year, I've been getting out more. I was able to go up to Alaska back in December. I tried to go to South Dakota a couple of weeks ago, but the weather <laughs> that, that prevented that. I got stranded in Minneapolis. But uh, I, I see myself traveling a little bit more going into 2023 again as well. So it's kind of a challenge doing both, you know, juggling the show and also the consulting stuff. But it's all about... uh serving Indian country and, um, you know, communicating with with people and, and communities. So it's a good it, it works the, the the two jobs are, they complement each other, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we're in our meetings, you know, you know a lot of people. You've been to, like you said, a lot of different native communities and that actually brings a lot uh to the producing on this side of Native America calling because you can, you know, just think back in your memory and you're like, Oh, you know, so and so was talking just about this and um, you know, we reach out and we book that person and you know, that's been really um you know helpful and educational on this side too, um, you know, just just kind of uh, listening to you know all the different stories and things uh, you've learned on the road in these different native communities. Um, so, so you know, going back to uh, Native America Calling, um, you know, what what uh, got you interested in the show? What what made you want to like uh, put your application in for you know host of Native America Calling?
0: <laughs> I thought it would be a really really cool opportunity and just something different, uh, expanding my my skill set and i've always been a big fan of the show and uh as you know i I, i've known the crew for a long time marino spencer the engineer we go back uh many years we actually worked together uh years ago and before either of us was doing any kind of engineering or broadcasting work and uh some of the old producers uh i I knew those folks and andy i've known you for a few years as well and i just i wanted to be a Mm -hmm. part of it and i just seemed like a, a really good opportunity to to be able to just uh, connect with people in a different way, and I love the consulting work, the personal finance stuff, but sometimes it does get a little old just constantly talking about the same topics over and over. And What I love about this opportunity is we talk about everything. We talk about political issues, we talk about culture, we talk about art, we talk about sports, and I just love being able to expand that and, and just do other types of um, discussions that, that kind of fall outside of, of what I'm used to.
1: Right, right. Yeah, we can definitely tell your your favorite su- subjects are sports um, <laughs> and finance.
0: <laughs> I try not to be, I try to be really open-minded, but I think yeah. sometimes, yeah, when there's a topic, you're just really passionate
1: about it. Yeah. Kind of comes out. <laughs> yeah, like mine's food. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. But
1: um, what, What's been, um, you know, maybe one of the most interesting shows you've hosted so far?
0: We've done so many really exciting shows with really interesting guests, but I think going back to not long after I first started guest hosting late last year, we did a show on a group of students from the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe that went to Woodstock back in 1969. And what was so cool about it, it was actually it was based on a series of interviews that I did. I had first met a woman from Cherokee, North Carolina, her name is Rosanna Belt, and she had been to Woodstock and she told me about it. And I said, what, this is really cool. And she said, yeah, there were a group of us from IIA that went to Woodstock. I was like, well, I've never heard this story before. And she gave me contacts for other people that had been there. And I just kind of started putting it all together. I was originally gonna write an article uh, about the whole, you know, natives at Woodstock. And it never, never really got off the ground. I was never able to really put an article together. But then when I started hosting, I came up with the idea, well, maybe we could do a show on that. And uh, you th- you folks thought it was a good idea. And, and we did it. and We had, I think we had three different Woodstock attendees that shared their experience. And what I, I what made me so happy about it is we were able to tell a story that hadn't been told before. And I think that's when we, we really do our best work is when a Native American Colony we're able to take a new issue or a new topic or a new event, and we're able to present it to listeners in a way that's never been done before and that show is especially exciting in that regard so that was probably one of my favorites for sure
1: yeah yeah I was listening to that actually on the road I was was off that day and I was on the road and um uh you know I had the radio on and um I thought you know, I, I was just kind of like crossing my fingers, and I'm like, I hope, because I didn't produce that one. <laughs> I was like, I hope it goes okay. okay. I hope it goes okay. I mean, you know, you know, natives at Woodstock. I mean, you never hear about that. And yeah, just like you said, it's it's um, you know, doing this job, we find a lot of very interesting people, and they just so happen to be native. And that's you know, the rewarding rewarding part of the job is talking to these people, like getting to. Know them and getting to get familiar with all the really good things they do in Native America, and then um, putting them on the radio and having them, you know, share their story with um, them, with, with, you know, lots of other people in the community. Um, so we're going to go to a break in just a little bit, but um, I guess what, what has been, you know, the most uh, maybe challenging thing for you to get used to, the most challenging thing you've, you know, had to learn having a discussion on live radio? <laughs>
0: would have to be the clock like right now we're gonna go into a break right we got like 30 (laughs) seconds and then we got to go to the break because we got listeners stations all over and you got to hit those (laughs) breaks in those first few months Sometimes (laughs) watching that clock and there have been times I've gone over and like oops I just you know I get cut off by the engineer and everything like that so yeah Mm -hmm. managing the clock for sure at this point I'm gonna go ahead and just stop talking so you can do that
1: (laughs) all right I'll lead us into that break Uh, we're talking to Sean's Bruce our host today we're turning the tables and learning about him If you have a a question about him um, or about, you know, how Native America calling works, give us a call. We're at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99NATIVE.
0: Major threats to important Native children's policy, the election of the first Alaska Native person to Congress, troubling discoveries at past residential schools, and ups and downs on tribal sovereignty. We'll take a look back on the major news and current events from 2022 coming up on the next Native America Calling.
5: Caché, prevent the spread of flu and other respiratory illnesses by rolling up your sleeve to get a flu shot. Mask up, sleeve up. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information or visit www.medicare.gov slash coverage slash flu dash shots. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. El
1: Thank you for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Andy Murphy, and today we're getting to know our Native America Calling host, Sean Spruce, whose voice you hear every day on the show. If you'd like to join our conversation, you have a question for him, join, our, uh, join us at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We actually have a uh, person on the line right now. We have Josie Kai uh, dialing in. Hey, Josie. Hi, Gwati from Laguna. Hi,
6: Sean.
0: Jojo Bean. I, oh, it's so God. good to hear your voice, sister. You know that's I cool. got to call you Jojo Bean on the air.
6: I know. And that's <laughs> one of the stories. You're the only person besides my dad that calls me that. Sean, remember- was, we were at Haskell, and I got a package from my dad and a letter, and there was Sean sitting there waiting for me to open the box, and my dad wrote me a letter, and he opened the letter, Hi Jojo Bean, and after that, that's who I've been to Sean ever since. <laughs> so yes. Oh, I do have a question for Sean today. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> Let's hear it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, Sean's always been on top of the news of, you know, I, I mean, just on top of everything, and he's, you know, kept me in the circle and the loop. But I've never. I never knew you'd do radio. How did you get into that? Or what, <laughs> what
0: steered you in that direction? Well, when the show, the, the former host left the show back in the summer of uh, 2021, that was Tara Gatewood, of course, when, when she left, um, I, I got a call asking if I'd be willing to to help guest hosts. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I just enjoyed it. And I thought, thought it was a great opportunity. And, I just love connecting with people and, and I do like to talk a lot, obviously. So uh it worked. I went ahead and tried it out and, and really had fun with it. And then when uh they went ahead and um actually opened the, the, the position up for for applications, I made sure to put an application in and, and what do you know, I got the job, Jojo Bean.
6: Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean I like I said, I didn't know you did that. but the last thing I was at a conference and I was looking at the um the, the itinerary, and there was your name, you know, as a host speaker, or you know, giving a um, one of your talks on finances. Correct.
0: Right. I think that was at the the women's conference there at the cultural center. Yes, a few years ago. I
6: didn't yeah. even know you were doing that. So I just sort of catch Sean here and there, and that's how I catch up with him of what he's doing. Back in the day, he was selling chocolate. I remember that. My kids remember that. That's right. That's right. He came over for Thanksgiving one year, and he brought us all chocolates. He goes, this is my gig right now. And I was like, you go, Sean. (laughs) But yes, he's a jack of all trades.
0: (laughs) People used to call me the Candy Man, And and Josie, I mean, you've always been super artistic. I always knew that you'd be... (laughs) <laughs> you know, a, an amazing oh. potter and artist, because you are always drawn. I still have old letters from back in the day that you, oh you drew on and God. stuff like that. super cool. Oh my
6: super goodness. Cool. And Sean's been such a great supporter of my art as well. You know, he's always tried to make it to my art shows or just keep an update with what I'm doing, where I'm going, and like I, but he's always been such a wonderful friend and a supporter and you know, a person that keeps me updated with the world or. You know, even just uh, when he's in New Mexico, he'll stop by and see what's going on. So he's been such a good friend. I'm such a better person for knowing Sean all these years. I,
0: I love you, sister. Thank you.
6: I love you, too, Sean. You take care and give my love to the family.
0: I will. Thank you.
1: All right, Josie, thank you so much for
6: calling in. Uh,
1: So, uh, Sean, uh, chocolate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What what was? Tell
1: us about that gig real quick.
0: You know, I I I hardly think about this anymore, but back uh, in the '90s, I was in school at UNM and. You know, you can buy those little chocolates, plastic chocolate molds and make custom, make these little molded chocolates, and mm. I, I got into that, and, and what I did is I made these custom molds. I had one in the shape of an adobe Pueblo house, and I would sell those like to casinos for promotional items, and then it kind of got a little bit bigger. I, I made one, a custom one, for the old Isleta Bingo Palace and their tribal seal, and I made one for the old SunWest Bank. And I made one that was shaped like a cocoa pelle, and I called it a chocopelle. Mm. And I'd sell them like at casinos, and they used to give them away like at the oldest letter bingo palace. When people would win, they'd get one of these candies that I made, and it had a little little sticker on there that said "You were a winner." Mm-hmm. And I probably could have done more with it at the time, but I was still just really young and just kind of <laughs> hanging out, and you know, just, yeah. just kind of just a part-time thing for me while I was in school. But I met a lot of people, and it was really fun, and and, and learned a lot just about business and, and things like that doing it.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> you. Like, if you would have kept up with that, you would have eventually made it on Native America Calling anyways, <laughs> talking about chocolate. <laughs> or you would yeah. have made it on the menu or something, <laughs> talking yeah. about your chocolate business. <laughs> um never know. So I, I heard a couple of schools mentioned, UNM, University of New Mexico here in Albuquerque, and then uh, Haskell. Uh, tell us about some of the places you've been, um, you know, you've been uh, – for, for school
0: when I graduated from high school I, I went to school for one year at a, at a school just outside of where I grew up in Ann Arbor it's called Eastern Michigan University and it was okay I went there for about a year I didn't really get a lot of traction there I was still really young didn't really know what I wanted to do so went there for a year and then didn't go back and, and just kind of hung out and, and worked a little bit and then a couple years after about a year later I went ahead and said you know I want to go somewhere different. I want to try something different. I'd always heard about Haskell down in Lawrence, Kansas. It was a really cool place and you could meet a lot of cool people. And so I went down there and actually studied automotive service repair. That's what I was there there for school uh, studying automotive repair. And this was back in like 88, 89. I went there for three semesters because I had a bunch of credits I already transferred from that other school. And I graduated in, in the spring of 89 with, a, with an associate's degree for automotive repair. And I worked briefly in a transmission shop there in Lawrence. Didn't really work out. I just, I love cars. I love working on cars, but I'm not good enough to like be a, a line mechanic and make a living off it. So, ended up uh, leaving there, and I moved out to, back to New Mexico. And and um, I said, well, I should go back to school. So I enrolled over at UNM and went to UNM for a few years as well. Was a history major at UNM, and. Yeah, so it's been it's been interesting um, going to different schools and and being around different people, and Mm -hmm. you know I learned quite a bit. Uh, I still think though I've learned more just on my own, just doing things like that candy business and doing my consulting work. (laughs) I kind of feel like I'm I'm kind of my own best teacher in a lot of ways.
1: Mm, Awesome. Uh, How did you get into that consulting work?
0: Well, it was it was. uh, I had a a real interest in personal finance. It was like in the late 90s, and I was coming out of school. I had some student loan debt. I had some credit card debt, and the Internet was really taking off, so it was a real great period for for learning about personal finance. There there was a lot of information out there, so I just started studying up, and I I built this informal network of friends and family who would call me with questions. Hey, I, I got an issue with my taxes. Can you help me out? Or I got in a car accident. I'm having trouble negotiating the claim with the insurance company, or... I retired from my job and I've got a 401k. I'm not really quite sure what I should do with it. And I just built this informal network of people that had questions, and I, I would just help them out. I, I wasn't making any money or anything like that. It was just something to do uh, for fun. And If I didn't know the answers, I'd research and, and find the answers. And then what I didn't realize is there were actually organizations in Indian country that were looking for people like me that I could actually go and, and formalize those, those skills and that knowledge and teach workshops and teach trainings and, and create materials, curriculum, workbooks, and things like that. So it just grew from there. It's just like a, a real blessing.
6: Oh,
1: that's interesting. Um, You know, I'd like to take a caller in just a little bit, but you mentioned um, uh, history. Uh, you know, you majored in hist- history for a bit, and we definitely talk a lot about history here on Native America Calling. I mean, that's, you know, some of uh, my uh, favorite shows to produce is just learning, um, you know, more in depth about what happened in specific um, areas of Native America or, or, you know, decades and years in Native America. But, uh, you know, what, what do you like uh, about um, history, about learning about history?
0: I've always been interested in history, Andy. Ever since I was a young child, I was just really intrigued by it. I think a lot of it had to do. My dad was big into history, and, and we had a lot of books in our house, especially like old old pictures of like historical events. And he had like a lot of these old like classic black and white photos of like old native people. And I just was was really intrigued by that. And then in school, I just was just interested in just the past in and, and all all types of history, European history we were at UNM, I took a really interesting Russian history course that that I just found really, really interesting. And I I think just that connection to the past and, you know, that old saying, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. I think it was Mark Twain that said that. And you just see that, and you learn so much. And I think it it gives you such a a unique perspective. And uh, every day when I see situations or current events and political issues, I think it's just so easy having a history background to be able to frame them in a historical context, it just gives you further insight. And I, I really enjoy that. And I also like the social aspects, of not just political history and, and legal history, but just learning how people lived long ago, how, how they built their homes and how they traveled and how they got around and how they made their clothes. And I, I just think it's all really, really fascinating.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to a caller. Uh, we have Dwayne on the line, Dwayne Blue Spruce. Hi, Dwayne.
7: Hey, how's it going?
1: Pretty good. You have a comment or question for Sean Spruce.
7: (laughs) Yeah, I just want to say hi to my cuz there. Greetings from New York City. And uh, I I think it's so awesome that you're having a show all about yourself. It's like, this is your life, Sean Spruce. That's pretty cool. (laughs) And uh, it's so funny. Like, people don't know this uh, when you were the Candyman, but that's actually how – that's when I met you was in the early 90s when you were – when you were selling candy and, and I was at the IAIA, and um, that was the first time we met. I mean, we're, we're cousins, but we hadn't met, I think, until then. So um, I think it's really cool. It's really just great kind of listening to your story. And, um, you know, it's really just fun for me to tune in today.
0: Dwayne, cousin, thank you so much for, for reaching out. And Colin, it's great to hear your voice uh, coming from New York City. And can you believe that was 30 years ago, roughly? yeah yeah i can't get over it just the the way time flies yeah yeah because you were at iaia and um and yeah we met a little bit later in life but but no worry we always knew about each other we just since you were in in new york and and i was in michigan and um it was just it was just we we never really just actually met we would send cards and things like that But, (laughs) but that was so cool that we finally got a chance to meet and um and I've, I'm a huge fan of yours, too, Dwayne, with all of your architecture and um, working at the National Museum of the American Indians. So, Andy, it's, it's, it's cool to talk to, to cousins like Dwayne um, because uh, they give me a lot of inspiration. And mm-hmm. um, Dwayne's dad was uh, my uncle, George Blue Spruce, who was he's retired now, but he was a dentist and... Um, He's always been another big source of inspiration for me as well. So, awesome. I, so hey. my
7: dad never retired. my dad never retired. He's always working. He's still working. <laughs> well He's you still know what doing lectures <laughs> and stuff.
0: I told him about this show today and he said, Oh well, it sounds like a good show. I, I can't listen because I, I've got a Society of American Indian Dentists meeting today. <laughs> so yeah. <Exactly>. Right.
7: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Well, it's
6: funny
0: because,
7: you know, I think of you, I think of you as such an entrepreneur, even, you know, going back to your your candy days, but it it just, you know, as you were saying, like, it always just seems like you, you pursue something that you're interested in, but yet you somehow find a way to turn it into actually helping other people, whether it's, you know, you know, car mechanics or, or your, um, you know, personal finance education that you do. I I feel like, you know, now your radio gig, it's, it's all about kind of giving back and i'm just really impressed with like you know you take your entrepreneurship and you turn it into something that you know services other people so i think that's really cool something i really admire about you and um you know i'm just i'm just so glad you have this gig now and you, you know you've got such a, a big audience and you know we can um people can listen to you and you can get you know learn about things because i know you're a lifelong learner so it's all very very cool
0: Oh, thank you for those warm words, Dwayne. Really appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, Dwayne, for calling in. Um, So, so, Sean, um, are you gonna, okay, I got an idea. And I I always say this, like, every, (laughs) every day, I got an idea. Um, Native America calling candies. Teach me how to make uh, chocolate molds. I'll take that over.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what. I actually have some old pictures of my candies, and I'll go mm-hmm. ahead and, and, and we'll put those on the on the website or, or NAC Facebook page and get a look at what they. They're really cool. They, yeah. they really did have a cool design to them and stuff like that.
1: So yeah. Nice, nice. Okay. Um, do you from now on? Do you want me to on the scripts like name you as Sean the Candyman Spruce?
0: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> <That would> be- <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I mean, it was fun while it lasted, but that yeah. was definitely a, a page of my past. And okay. I know people get a kick out of that, though. You know, like, oh, the Candyman, this, the candy man. That. But, um,
1: no, I think that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned, uh, you know, mentors along the way. Um, you know, you also mentioned your, you, you know, you just, um, you know, uh, you learn from from everybody around you. But you know, who are some of your biggest mentors? Uh, throughout? your life?
0: You know that's a a really good question. I've had um, quite a few really good mentors. I I have an uncle he passed away a few years ago he was a a surgeon and he was from Taos Pueblo. His name was uh, Ron Lujan and and he was definitely a mentor especially in those early days when I was a a student and just kind of that transition into adulthood and just kind of helping me get things together and he was just he was a surgeon, and, but he just had this really cool demeanor, and he was just really laid back, and um, no pretensions about him at all. Really admired him a lot. Uh, uh, I used to work in a pizza store years ago, and, and the guy who owned that business, his name was Mike, and he was an older guy, he was he was non-native. You know, he was just not, not native at all, but just really had a a good perspective on life and, and really understood a lot about money and business. And I learned so much from that guy. Mm. I learned so much just just talking to him. He had a million stories. He'd been he was a Vietnam veteran. He'd owned several businesses and he'd done he 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 had some really successful businesses and he'd had some that weren't so successful. And he had just learned all, all along all the way. And I learned a ton from him. And it was it wasn't like this kind of formal Mentorship, you know, I was just, I just started talking to him and I was his employee and he would come into the store and just, you know, talk about things. And interestingly enough, he had gone to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor where I grew up. So there was that connection too. So those are just two really powerful mentors that I can think of
1: pretty cool um so you are um you know of course the host of the show and uh, we've heard from two guests so far about um you know them being a little bit surprised that you're now the host of native america calling after all these different things that you've done uh what other kind of comments do you get from folks who learn uh that you are uh, the host of a radio show We've got 50 seconds
0: well they always they always say oh well tell us more about your podcast and i say well it's mm-hmm. not really a podcast it's a radio show i mean you can download it as a podcast but it's yeah. a, it's a radio because i don't think they realize like it's actually you know we, we broadcast live every day five days a week on all these different public stations and these tribal stations so i always have to kind of explain that to them like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's more than just a podcast it's actually live radio And, uh, yeah, people have a lot of questions about that and just um, explaining the studio and and how I how I actually connect to the show here in Asheville and things like that.
1: (laughs) All right. So we're going to a break. We'll be back with my our guest, our host, Sean Spruce.
4: Are you a Native American health care provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin a six-month advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online masterclass looks through the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach to provide powerful, proven modalities and is offered tuition-free to tribal members. Registration deadline is March 24, 2023. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show.
1: Thanks for tuning in today to Native America Calling. I'm producer, Andy Murphy. Today's your chance to learn more about our host, Sean Spruce. He's usually sitting in the host chair, but we've turned things around and he's our guest today. If you've uh, got a question for him or a comment, give us a call at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99NATIVE. We have uh, Ray on the line in the Four Corners area, Listening on KSUT. Hey, Ray.
8: Hello. Uh, good morning. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got three things. Uh, a qu- a question. Yeah. So um, my, the first one is uh, with Sean being the host, and he sounds so confident and so unusual for a native to be, uh, to be doing what he's doing, and like uh, he's like a native anomaly. So I I don't know if I'm using the right word something like that. <laughs> anyway, so. So, um, like, how would you? What what advice would he give for for someone that wants to go out and pursue their to do things out there and uh, the, the pursuing uh, even out of native country? Okay. Anyway, on and off. Anyway, and and the second one is uh, with the academic achievement among Native Americans, and it's being kind of low, and and. Uh, we need more professionals and we always say we're solving. if we're going to be sovereign if we need um if we need uh, uh, attorneys and doctors and engineers and our own professionals what would he in his opinion what would his his advice be to improve the education achievements in within our schools here on a reservation too? to and also the third one is, um, Sean, what, what's his plan? What's his ambitions? What is he going to do? When is he going to move on from here soon? Or how long is he going to be there? And that's my three, three questions. So thank you for taking <laughs> my call.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Ray. Um, uh, Sean, do you remember those questions? I think the first one was, how come you're so confident?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one first. And, okay. and Ray, thanks for, thanks for the shout out. I really appreciate you. I, I know you're a longtime caller and a listener of NAC. And uh, I sure do. Uh, enjoy it when you called into the show so uh, confidence you know i have not always been confident in fact i was not confident at all growing up and i graduated from high school really really shy and it wasn't until probably like in my late teens early 20s that i kind of came out of my shell and I, I think where my confidence comes from is just having a lot of life experience and I, like ray mentioned uh you know this confident native anomaly uh for lack of a better term and I think where it comes from is that I have been around so many different people and having lived in, in the Midwest and having lived in New Mexico and, and being around a wide range of people, not just Native people, but other races of people and just that really unique life experience. I, I know a, a, a little bit about a lot of things and I think it just has really, I, I feel like there's nobody that has my unique life experience and I think that's really where my confidence comes from is just having having that background of, of having some different types of experiences, uh, as a person. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first question, I think. And then was...
1: the second one was, um, uh, academics. How can we get, uh, more natives in, uh, higher education? How can we support natives in higher education?
0: I think what we really need to do is just, is build those skills, those core skills that we need to do well in school. And and, and sometimes I, I look at a, a lot of programs and they're geared around getting kids into college and, they're based a lot on like you know getting the math skills and the writing skills and i think that's all great but more than anything else what i am who i am i'm a communicator right i am a communicator and i think that's the skill that i admire more than anything else in life is people that can communicate whether verbally like we do on the show or people that write really well or artists who can draw and illustrate or or make music or, or movies anybody who communicates that's what i admire and i think as native people That's something that we really need to focus on collectively amongst our youth is is developing those communication skills so we can get out there and go to these schools, like Ray says, and and become doctors and compete. But I think it all begins with having those really strong communication skills.
1: Mm -hmm. And then the third question, uh, plans for the future, when are you going (laughs) to (laughs) leave?
0: I have no plans. I I love this job. I love yeah. the show. My hope is that we can just really take Native American calling to a new level. And mm-hmm. as you know, Andy, we spend a lot of time thinking about as technology changes and podcasting, and we've done some things with video streaming and things like that. And I just, my hope is that we can get this show to the point where it's uh, we just have a wider audience and we're able to do it in more formats. And I want to be a part of that. I. I I see this as just a great opportunity to to speak, not just with Indian country, but on behalf of Indian country and, um, and be that voice. I remember when I when I first got this job, this one friend of mine said, well, you're the voice of Indian country now. And I said, oh, geez, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only voice of Indian country, but I, I certainly appreciate being being one voice in Indian mm-hmm. country that people relate to.
1: Right, right, yeah. Uh, please don't leave anytime soon. Um, it was kind of hectic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keeping the show on the air. Um, if it, if folks don't know, um, you know, when we didn't have a host for uh, that whole year, really, it was <laughs> it was myself and really like our executive producer and uh, engineer Marino, just uh, keeping the show on the air and um, you know going through a couple of different guests, guest hosts, and um, I've had to jump in a bunch of times and and host the show. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was it was it was hectic. But, um, you know, also on this side, um, you know, I have conversations with all the guests that you have conversations with. So, you know, it's definitely a learning um, experience on this side. Uh, of of the show, you know the producer side of the show. Um, so r- real quick, let's go through. Uh, let's go to another couple of callers here. We got uh, Paul in uh, New Falls, South Dakota. Hey, Paul.
9: Hello. How are you? Pretty good. Hi, Sean.
0: <clears throat> Paul. I
9: you remember I, me, Sean?
0: Let me guess. Let me guess. Could this possibly be Paul, Doctor Paul Edens? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard Paul, South Dakota, and I think we meant to say Sioux Falls. Is that right? Sioux Falls, yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, there we go. Well, hey, brother, it's been a, a lot of years. How you doing? Very good. Um,
9: I, I just kind of dropped into, I mean, I was listening. You know, I, I have KU and M on my on my phone and uh, listen to singing Horn on Sundays. And today it was. I was looking for stuff to listen to, and it's like. Uh, your this this program comes on and whose voice comes on is yours, and I know this voice is very distinct, always <laughs> distinct. We go back to the old NAS, uh, the NAS days.
0: That's right, uh, Native American Studies there at the University of New Mexico. We're talking <laughs> mid nineties, Paul.
9: Yeah, I know, <clears throat> um, and then we had uh, our good friend uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dwayne Chase. Uh, also, as a part of the group,
0: that's right. Doctor, re- I,
9: yeah. re- I do remember um, you know the, the candy um, uh, episode, and I think I do remember you and uh, Dwayne uh, delivering pizzas at one point.
0: Yep, yep, we sure did. <laughs> yeah, we delivered pizzas and the candy business for sure. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne um, Chase, who's now a psychiatrist in Gallup, New Mexico, he was part of that old crew. Those are good times.
9: Yeah. And you know, it just uh I'm so proud to hear that, you know, you are, as they say, the, the voice of uh that Native American calling. Who who else but you? I, I you know, um I I can't think of anybody else. Uh, with your demeanor, uh with your baritone voice. Um it it's uh, i think this is your calling.
0: <laughs> Jeez, Father. Thank you, really. So much it means so much to hear that and um and I'm a big fan of yours as well. Um, you know I remember you were a returning student uh getting your undergrad squared away, and then you went on to medical school and uh and you just have such a passion for working with native people, and you're such a kind, compassionate person and uh i'm just I, I, we're, we're so blessed to have you as a physician now
9: well, I appreciate that <clears throat> and, and you know with uh, you, me and Dwayne, and you know uh, happy Carmona. Um, and all the other uh, Native American doctors, I think we're making a difference um, uh, here and now.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Every day. Every day you guys are making a difference. Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful.
1: All right. Well, Paul, thank you so much. Uh, Paul's in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Let's go down here to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Listening on KUNM, we have Nick. Hey, Nick.
10: Oh, how are you doing there?
1: Good. What's your comment? Good. Question? I'm
10: just uh, calling to say hi to Sean, um, and I really enjoy the work that you've done since uh, we lost Tara, or I should say, since she left the show. <laughs> and uh, but I called in one day when when we did lose Melvin some time ago, just to kind of pay a tribute there. And um, I really enjoy Sean's programming. Uh, his voice is super. And he has some really interesting shows on that uh, I try to listen to every day. So just thanks and keep up the super work that you're doing over there.
0: Thank you, Nick, so much. It's, I always love getting feedback from listeners. And uh, anything I can, I can glean from our listeners in terms of my delivery, in terms of the topics, in terms of how we structure the show, it, it just helps me and makes me a better host.
10: Well, you're doing a super job, and I really enjoy listening to you. I look forward to it every day. Yeah, And I've learned so much from the interviews and the people you've had on. It's really widened my scope of understanding of the Native American uh, condition or culture in this country. Mm -hmm. So thanks for that, Sean.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Nick, for that comment there. Uh, we have on social media, folks are um, uh, coming in with a couple comments. Uh, Jimmy Craig says, Congratulations, Sean. Uh, Ka has a question. Let's see if uh, you, you can answer this, Sean. Do you trap for traditional doings?
0: <laughs> okay. Do I trap for traditional doings? Okay. I'm not quite sure. Like like, do I trap? Uh, am I a trapper? I don't trap. I have hunted a little bit back in the day. Um, maybe it's like, do I rep for traditional doings? I mean, I go to the feast dances, and um, I definitely like enjoy stuff like that. Um, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that question. Do I trap for traditional doings? Are my tradition? What does that mean to be tradition? I think that question is just so. Hard to answer because I, you know, right. I actually did a presentation on this one time. Like, mm-hmm. what is traditional? And there's, you know, there's there's like practicing culture. There's the spirituality. There's um, like being subsist uh, self sufficient, right? Like hunting and things like that. And mm-hmm. there's like knowing culture. And I feel like nobody knows it all. They're, everybody has kind of their their core areas of mm-hmm. being tradition. I would say my the proudest thing that um, one of my my proudest accomplishments and, and what I'm most uh, happy about and why I consider myself really traditional is I am, I'm drug and alcohol free. And I've been completely drug and alcohol free uh, for more than 30 years. And uh, I feel that that's really where, where my culture, where I represent my culture the strongest and where I feel that that's the key to my tradition because you know, alcohol is something that we didn't have traditionally. And I definitely appreciate having that clear, mindful perspective. And uh, I think everybody needs something in life. One thing, we all need one thing in life that we just won't compromise on just Mm. there's just no ifs ands or buts and for me it's it's consuming alcohol Mm -hmm. so that's that's really the basis of of my spirituality and, and my traditionalism
1: okay okay Uh, So you're mentioning 30 years ago, back in the 90s. Oh, that was back in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm not going to ask your age, but uh, you were, uh, you know, pretty instrumental in that whole series we did, like The Decades. Um, And and folks, if you're interested in uh, going back to The Decades uh, series we had, I think we started in the 60s, right? 60, 70, 80s Mm -hmm. and 90s. Anyways, uh, but we we just focused on what happened. what was happening, the big things that were happening in Native America back in those decades. Um, You know, why was that such a, um, you know, it was a great idea. Uh, You know, why was that something that you thought was uh, really important for us to go back and, uh, you know, focus, really focus on on those decades there?
0: Andy, I think it it draws back to my love of history Mm. and just having that interest in, in previous generations. And I also just saw a parallel because you know, on television like ESP or excuse me like CNN will do these decade shows and I thought well we should do a native version of that let, let's celebrate the decades in that same way and uh yeah so we did the 60s, 70s, 80s in the 90s and yeah you don't want to say my age on the air but <laughs> I'll let people figure it out for themselves my decade is definitely the 80s i was 12 years old in, in January 1980 when the decade started and i was 22 when it ended on December 31st, 1980. So I spent my entire teen years in the 80s. I graduated high school, 1985, right in the middle. So all those classic 80s movies and and the 80s music, I lived it as a teenager. It was like, it was meant for me and and the other people, (laughs) other Gen Xers from my generation. So Mm -hmm. I'm all about the 80s. And I think what I loved about the 80s is it was a really romantic time. And when I say that word romantic, I don't mean like people falling in love. I mean it from like that literary perspective of like, heroes on missions and quests, and that's what the 80s had, all the movies, the, the music, it just had that romantic feel to it that I think we've just, that that decade has never, it just stands, stands out in that regard, and we've never replicated that in a decade since.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm You know what, that should be a trivia question for Thursday's show. How old is Sean Spruce? I think you just blurted out a <laughs> riddle there. If you can, if you, if from, from, from Sean's riddle that he just uh, said today, a, a couple seconds ago, <laughs> call in on Thursday during our trivia show and tell us how old Sean Spruce is.
2: Oh,
1: <laughs> All um, right, we're we, uh, coming to the end of the show. You like sports. You, you, you mentioned it a couple times uh, here. Um, you know, who are some of the teams you root for?
0: I'm a big fan. I'm a big <laughs> hockey fan in, in Michigan. As a kid, I played ice hockey in my, my NHL team is the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. And I try to go before COVID, I would at least, we'd always go to at least one game a year, either by myself. If I was doing some work up in DC or sometimes I'll bring uh, Brooke Brooke and my daughter, Celeste, we'd all go as a family. We love the Capitals. And I, I was a wrestler in high school too. So I like college wrestling. I like watching teams like Penn State and Michigan, uh, So not a huge football fan, uh, not a huge baseball fan, but but hockey and and wrestling are probably my two favorite sports to watch.
1: Right, right. We did uh, a hockey show and I don't know how many wrestling shows so far. (laughs) Native America calling. (laughs) All right. Well, Sean, that's the the end of the hour there. You have a quick uh, comment or or any anything you want to shout out to our listeners today?
0: I just want to thank everybody who called in today and the social media posts. I really appreciate all your support. And I'm going to continue to do my best to serve Native America.
1: All right. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, All right. That's our host, Sean Spruce. He will be back tomorrow in his usual role This time he's gonna be talking about some of the notable news and current events that were on the minds of Native Americans this past year. We're wrapping up 2022 tomorrow. I'm Andy Murphy, we'll see you tomorrow.
4: You see the car ads, low price, low payments. Sounds good, but when you get to the dealer, there could be a catch. The dealer may try to add things like extra products or services at extra cost. And to get that low monthly payment, you might have to make a big down payment. The bottom line is this if you can't get the advertised deal or one you feel good about, walk away. If a dealer isn't honest when it comes to its car ads, tell the Federal Trade Commission, the nation's consumer protection agency, at reportfraud.ftc.gov. Support by the Federal Trade Commission.
5: Cache Anna take with this flu to Jampasi that Tonisa to is www.medicare.gov coverage flu shots. Kunawa Look here, Centers for Medicare Services to